1: civilized man Take it in the guts Barry
2: from all you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. three simple questions three answers.
0: and together? you go through
1: that doorway to the greatest little counter
0: Hi, everyone. Hope all is going well. Annie here for Showreel 2021. Early in the season, there is a full field of Australian films out there to see. The Dry, which opened on New Year's Day, is apparently doing very well at box office. Releasing today, the 21st of January, Penguin Bloom is a sweet life-affirming film directed by Glendon Ivan, whose work you may have seen on TV recently with The Cry. Starring Naomi Watts and Andrew Lincoln, Penguin Bloom is worth a a look because of the really understated direction and performances that he managed to bring together the delicate strands of the emotionally fraught family to a positive end. It's very, very cleverly done and uh, uh, nice, nice film. Uh, Opening on January the 28th, uh, two very different Australian films. One, High Ground, is set in the Northern Territory just before, just after the First World War in 1919. It's directed by Stephen Maxwell Johnson with well-known actors Simon Baker, Tom, Jack Thompson, Aaron Pedersen and Ryan Corr and Sean Mununga who starred in Yolung Boy as well as Mitiana Marita who was a member of Yothu Yindi. It is a tale of colonialism, retribution and cultural impasse with the balance of the story told from the side of the First Nations players and the introduction of a white character played by Baker, a weary ex-soldier trying to grapple with fairness and justice. Who changes his loyalties? The other film that is releasing on January the 28th, is a completely different kettle of fish. Occupation Rainfall is a sci-fi melodrama with high-octane effects and masterful laying of plot and character, like scenes of gold in the rock of CGI. It is a truly impressive film. In today's program, we get to chat with director-editor Luke Spark, a man on a mission. Here we go. Anyway, let's kick off. I was really impressed with your film. Congratulations! Oh, thank you. Yeah, I saw the first one. I
2: appreciate
0: it. Yeah, I, I saw the first one yep. and I uh, really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, uh, showed in- incredible uh, promise, and this one is taking it up a notch. And I was going to ask you because you're the director as well as the uh, editor. I was really impressed with the um, you know the uh, pyrotechnics, really. And then I started to think to myself, how are you going to orchestrate the um, plot and the characters? Uh, you did a really great job, and I was going to ask you about the editing process and, and in general, how, how did you tackle such a large conceptual piece?
2: Uh, well, it comes—I mean, it comes in handy that I'm the writer and the director and, and the editor. But I guess I always have. More, a more edit eye than anything. And I always, um, you know, shoot for the edit is one of my my sayings. Um, on set, you know, I have all my storyboards and have my pre-visualization where it's like really basic animation, um, but able to show people the speed of some of these sequences that we need to do And that. Um, at least we can look at it on set on my computer and then film it kind of the same. Um, so I always have those ideas and, and um, storyboards and different, uh, Personality around to to inspire me and make sure that I'm on the right track on set. And I always know in a certain shot when I'm watching it on set, that I know where I'm going to cut and where I'm going to, where I'm going to cut it to or cut from. So that comes in handy because that's just how my mind works. And I think it's because I've just grown up watching so many movies. I'm such a movie buff that I can recall an eighties movie or a seventies movie, pretty much a drop of a hat and know exactly what sort of edit cut point that they used. And I've just, live with it so much in my life that I just I think that's just sort of just come into my blood to be honest.
0: <laughs> well it certainly uh is quite fantastical. Can you tell me about the um the the whole you're you're creating a whole world and so yes. uh the um characters that you've got in there, you've got uh um um, and because it's sci-fi to an extent, it it, it uh, allows for. There's a lot of past experiences of stories and ideas that have come up, um, and even games that people have now use a whole range of things of this sort. But you've got some fantastic uh, characters. It's not just the people that even you know those uh, animals that you've created and the a look. Box yeah yeah and the look of the uh aliens uh, 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 who worked with you to come up with these fabulous entities
2: yeah well like, you know, it all it all begins you know obviously in my head and it goes into it on the paper and then um I sketch out you know half a dozen drawings of what I think they might look like, and then I bring in. People who have worked with in the past, storyboards and concept artists um, all around the country, some great some great ones out there. Um, the good thing about Australia is that we have we have the capacity to make films like this, but a lot of our talent goes to making American films who come out here and use us like a, like a backlot store and that it's great that, great that they come out here and film and use our facilities, but it's also great to tell a story on this scale that's the uniquely Australian voice for so the kids watching and the kids growing up in that. So that's obviously plays a big part of my mind. But we can access great crew over here that have imagine, really imaginative skills that work on Marvel films. So bringing in people like those that, that you know were luckily available, and also during through COVID, a lot of the industry in the, in the visual effects industry and the whole film industry obviously during the first lockdown shut down. Um, and we were luckily had finished filming, so we were in post production. So I was able to. We had an in, inundation of people wanting to come and work on this film, so we could do it remotely. So that was um, very much in our favour. And once I had those guys on board, you know, and we start coming up with different ideas. It all it it all, it all, sort of snowballs and builds on building blocks. First, my original idea was they were going to be riding on horses, like just traditional horses, because I thought it would be a cool image to see an alien on a horse. But then after we filmed it on the horses, I decided that we should have them be alien creatures because that's even cooler. And I think that's what my whole um, mindset's been the whole time, even through the post-production period and editing. Is just how can I make it... Cooler or better or more world building and how many aliens can I like, fit in there to this story? Because I think that's the most interesting point. Like a scene where they're sitting around a table at a, you know, a village is very much a common sight in lots of movies, but you add an alien in there and suddenly it makes it even more interesting. And the original edit for that particular scene, for example, was you know, five minutes of them talking just different random stuff. And in the film, it's only a minute and a half because they just basically cut everything else out except for the stuff about the alien because it's the most interesting part. So haven't seen really seen that before—an alien sitting around eating fruit off a table. It was just just interesting. So I think it's all just building and building and building to a point where you just keep hacking away at it and building blocks until it gets to a point where you think this is this is good. This feels right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it it uh, works. The um, uh, you've got. You've got some very good actors, uh, and you're completely right. There is this sense of par downness and uh but it actually works. It actually walks and talks as a movie. It's not just about uh unusual effects or and in fact it it gave me an a, a little bit of a sense of Reddick or um even um mm-hmm. uh
2: june uh, yeah because it's sure. it's
0: symphonic in a way.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And that's I mean all all those yeah, you're right about everything. Like I think I think that I think it all that all sci-fi gives you a lot to, a lot of ground to cover, a lot of canvas to play with. Um sci-fi like Dune and those other movies and that they a lot touch on the human humanity and, and and the human condition um and I think that's what I love about sci-fi is that you can tap into all that but also still make these fantastical um set pieces and 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 ideas but at the end of the day it still comes down to you know humanity within most of the time and that's why i'm so interested in in that genre it's also one of the hardest genres to do not only because it's expensive and big and everything else is that people have seen a lot of it before so you want to make sure you have some new fresh ideas to it and also if you don't do it right a lot of people are going to really string you up for it it's not like going out and making a Murder Mystery, where you can, you know, have people driving cars and wearing clothes that you can buy at Kmart and, you know, it's all going to look nice and shot nice and that, where this one we got to have, you know, speeder chases and air battles, it's people know if something looks fake or not and, you know, hopefully we can get away with what, we can, what, what, what we've done.
0: But uh, it's also the pacing. Your, your pacing's very good. Uh, so it is symphonic in a sense because there's a lot of elements that you're dealing with. But they actually uh, there's n- at, at no time in that movie did I did you lose me, and when I finished Great. it and when I finished watching it, I thought, oh, is it the same outside as before? I, you know, is the world not changed since I came into this sim? <laughs> that's
2: good. That's yeah, good. that's good. That's that's what I want. And yeah, I mean, like Occupation One and other films, I've worked with other editors and, and other and other people come in and not to be a macro manager or pat myself on the back, but um I really went into this one and I sort of just I knew I wanted to do, I knew I could do it myself. And um there's a sort of a thing in the industry where a lot of people sort of always say, What we usually do and what you should be doing and what is very much like a sort of old school way still of making certain things and people in certain positions and because I'm still young and, you know, I have like a kinetic, phonetic sort of mindset watching these films like Michael Bay or, you know, Star Wars. Um, You know, I wanted to really stretch my legs and and, and do it myself. So pacing was a really important issue that I wanted to make sure I worked on. I remember sitting watching the first cut I did um, with the producers and some finances and that, and like 20 minutes in, someone turned to me and said, like, this is really good, this is really fast. And like for a first cut, it was like really on point where usually a first cut's like probably usually 90% of the time a disaster because it's like every single scene, every single scene you film is put in there. It's usually like three and a half hours and people sit there and go, oh my God, how am I going to cut this down? And you have directors and editors and all these different people. And because it's all all just one guy, um, as I was going through the first cut, I could just like hack and slash things that I just like, no, I don't need this. I don't need this. This can go. This can be a little bit of thing. So yes, pacing was very important to me.
0: Uh, tell me about your actors because you've got some quite uh, you've got some good good solid australian actors no doubt but you've also got some bigger names how did they
2: get in there yeah 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 so i mean i guess it comes down to the script and myself pitching pitching it to them really i mean i can't you know really just i don't have to say luck or whether it's just the, the the story but i was very lucky to get um people like ken john and Daniel gillies jason isaacs and um tem Uera came back from the first one um he's a good friend of mine and he's going very well now with star wars the mandalorian on disney plus so he's having a resurgence which is nice and fitting timing for our release which is good um but working with those guys yeah i mean it's, it's great that they just bring a sense of you know, even the crew on the, on the day and the other cast, they just you can see everyone just lift their game a little bit when someone from overseas walks on the set because they're like, oh, okay, we've we'll work that a little bit harder because you know they're, they're 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 there. And like someone like Ken from The Hangover, he just brings this sense of persona. He just he just knows what he's doing. He knows what he wants. He knows how to do it. And it's very easy. And it's, it was it was very um, while it was really stressful to shoot it all in the time we had. It was just a very easy day working, days working with someone like him.
0: I was actually going to ask you, because of COVID, uh, uh, so the last film finished, it came out in 2018, and this is actually a pretty fast turnaround, especially with COVID in between. How long was that shoot with Mm. all the different people?
2: Well, because we financed the film ourselves, which is a very different way of doing it out here in Australia, we didn't have any any screen bodies or government agencies or studios backing us. We all had to do it from our own credit cards or our own family friends and, and other different private investors. Um, we had to cut the film into different blocks just to just to accomplish just to accomplish the, the massive amount of things I wanted to do. So the first shoot actually started in twenty eighteen, straight after the first film premiered. We actually went from premiere straight into filming. And that's when we had Ken out here in twenty eighteen and we filmed a whole bunch of a whole bunch of parts of the movie then there was like nearly a year break where during that time we were working on more visual effects and more ideas and more storyboards and we back and shot the main part of the film in 2019 which led up straight until we finished and like covid was just starting to be talked about and then since then we've been working on the end of the film and i only literally delivered the film uh like two weeks ago and it's coming out of cinemas on the 28th so it's been like yeah, up against it that's for sure
0: yeah, yeah, pretty pretty extraordinary. It, it, and obviously you're expecting to, get, to do another episode and we all expect to get another episode because we want to know what happens to them all. Um, uh, and I had a real sense of uh, you creating a whole world. Uh, it works really well. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is as big, I think, as... I mean, you know, like Matrix set a bar, right? And they were people from outside the mainstream effectively um, this is this has yeah. the same feel about it uh, have you had interest uh uh i mean you, the private investors were they american or you know or... Oh, no they're all australian they're all australian so what do you think's going to happen they're with all this australian,
2: thing? which is pretty which is uh, well i mean i hope that it's going to obviously do well it's what every filmmaker's hope is like um i think i've i think you know, this is the first film I've created. That I can sit back and say I've done everything I possibly can do. Like, I, there's actually nothing in there that, unless I had more money, I would obviously have bigger effects or better effects. But I think what is in there is is good and serviceable. It's actually the first movie that I'm like really kind of happy to walk away from and say that's everything I've done on that film is what I could do with the time and money and budget that I had, and also with our marketing campaign, which is something I always complain about with Australian films not marketing themselves enough. We've got a Pretty solid plans for the money that we have um, to come out at TV ads and billboards and bus stops and a bigger bigger campaign than what I've seen usually with other Australian films. So um, obviously with all that, I'm hoping that the opening weekend and this does well, and especially with COVID, there's not many other action films coming out this month or in February. So I'm hoping that it might have power to stay in cinemas a little bit longer and people sort of catch it. And then I'm hoping to go straight on to, to the next one without spoiling this movie. But, yes, obviously I'm hoping to uh, to continue or finish the story.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, uh, let's hope so. But uh, I, I can't see why it shouldn't have enormous legs in other places. I really was imp- re- deeply impressed by
2: this movie. Well, thanks, I appreciate it. Well, in America we've already got good sales over there and uh, it's going to go over there in a couple of months. But over there, Japan, it will open up. Um, after Australia, uh, New Zealand, we've got all the cinemas over there opening up early February. So we've got a pretty long rollout, out for the next six months all through the different parts of the world. And everyone has said the same as you. Like I was talking to a UK buyer yesterday and he had the same basically comments as you. The pace, deeply impressed and that. So it's all been good feedback. Um, and I think as a filmmaker, I'm always waiting, waiting for the other penny to drop. But uh, that's not so good.
0: Now tell me, I know that you said that you've been completely immersed in... Um Film and uh, all your life, and you think and yeah. think and eat it. Uh, how did you get your skills? Because this is another step up. This is not just making a film. This is using um, a graphic gener- uh, generated uh, a world, a world effectively, <laughs> interspersing yeah, it with reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah exactly. Um, well, it didn't set out to be that big, but it's kind of. Kind of grew across the the couple of years that we've been doing it. and you know people uh, myself and my associate producer alex who produced all the visual effects um you know we've we've learned a lot ourselves as well just over the time I mean, there's nothing better than learning on the job i think in any, in any in any industry even carpentry or building sites to be out there actually on the job rather than hearing about it is always the best but i'm lucky enough that my family uh, created or grew one of the largest costume uh, film collections in Australia. So I've been, I grew up in costuming, which is a very different role than directing, but I guess being on set and it's, it's kind of one in the same industry. So I worked on films uh, like Wolverine with Hugh Jackman and TV shows from Steven Spielberg, films up at Port Douglas um, 2009, or 2007. So I've been around for a while. It's all I've ever done, really, is do costumes and films, and then I moved on to directing, which is all I, I always wanted to do. And while I was on those films, it's always great to you know, talk to the actors and crew on there and get feedback for your own writing scripts or ideas. You bounce off them and that, and and I build a repertoire of you know connections and crew and sort of then set off and do my own thing with directing. So it's been an interesting, interesting career. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said, the
0: uh, the. The look of the aliens, the the look of the uh, you've got this really interesting capacity to. Uh, it's about um, what is it? Contrast uh, uh, mm. it, it, th- things related to each other and how they look, like size and shape, and uh, and how that. Relates to a person's feeling about environment. It, it's a really quite a so. For example, when they're in the uh, area that's uh, the village, which is in a high plains area, uh, compared yeah. to outer space with the monolith. Uh, it, it's it's a fascinating yeah. thing uh, to have those as comparisons. It's it's really neat.
2: Yeah. No, that's something that I really, really, really tried to um, really tried to do. It was something that was very much on my mind all the way through. And again, coming up, uh, living, uh, watching, loving Star Wars films back in the '80s and and even the, the more modern ones. Um, it's something that George Lucas was really uh, tried to do. With he got to use different planets. You know, there's Tatooine, is very deadly Then they go to the forest moon, and there's Ewoks, and then they go to Death Star, and it's all very dark, and and it's all that subliminal sort of. Um, contrast the ideas I don't have different worlds but what we do have on the planet earth is lots of different you know um, places and landscapes and that so I was very conscious to make sure that whenever we moved sequences and moved stuff there was something different every time um, to that same sort of idea that Star Wars did even down to costume changes where the cast would change costumes when they went to the desert or something just to keep that sort of sci-fi thing going.
0: Well, it's very interesting, too, that uh, you've decided that uh, the end of the world doesn't just happen in America.
2: Yeah, well, that's something, again, I always grew up in Australia, I'm Australian, so... Um, I always walked out of films, like Independence Day, loving it, but thinking, uh, you know, what was happening in Australia when that was happening, or why can't we have some characters that speak like myself? So I think it's very important for the next generation to also have films to know that, you know, there's more than just America out there. So, again, very conscious decision on my behalf.
0: Well, as I was saying, the first one I was impressed with, I thought it had real legs, uh, but it was actually a lot smaller in its scope. But this one... Has really gone up a notch. That's what it seemed to me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Is that this? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Yes, I, I'm not sure too. Ah, yeah. Definitely from the first one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, from that experience, I mean, you, you've obviously built your career yourself effectively with and built uh, your connections, and you've got a very focused process. You know, you know what you're going for, and despite what other people might say. Generally, uh, the industry dictates where a person goes, but you've actually created your own trajectory, haven't you?
2: Yeah, basically, um, I have, yeah, sort of the strikeout that way, um, and it's turned out yeah, that I have at least succeeded in some capacity to do to do that but that's basically what i had to do yes yeah, strike out on my own and um don't let the industry dictate right where, where i go in the first movie yeah i mean you said it's a, it's a it is a notch up well the first movie was i came up with the idea in in la when i was over there and it was really only going you know like a million dollar budget very quite small for the scope and then suddenly we had people like jimmy morrison and um, jacqueline mckenzie come in and and uh it's sort of built from there so it was a bit bigger than what i expected and during post on that film we had to add in bigger things like bigger ships and helicopters but it was always meant to be small guerrilla film but it turned out to be a bit bigger and suddenly it opened on netflix in america at number one and and that's what got a bit more attention for this series to continue on which is which has been good
0: yeah right so you're expecting to have a, a cinema release in various places but also the platforms you're going to use the platforms to get
2: it further right Yeah, yeah, in America, especially with COVID right now, we probably would have got a bigger cinema release, but the way it is over there will probably just be on Netflix and VOD the same day, which is fine in this day and age for this sort of film. I think it will be able to be accessed by a lot more people um, at the moment, so I'm, I'm fine with that. Australia, I really wanted to make sure we had a bigger cinema release than the first one. The first one, we only got 13 cinemas, and this one we're looking at over 220 right now, so that's a good feeling.
0: Yeah, I bet you it is, and I must say th- that uh, seeing it on the big screen is pretty mighty.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was it was mixed in Dolby and sound mixed in Dolby Atmos, and that's So when people go see in you know, a VMax or a Titan cinema, it's gonna have the four D three D sound effects and that. I haven't even heard it in, heard it yet because of COVID, it's been stuck in Queensland. So usually, usually in a sound mix, you have to be go to the Sound Mix, which is in Melbourne, and when Melbourne went through all their big lockdown, I was up here, so they had to ship up speakers to me in my little office, and I was hearing everything in my office, so I haven't even heard the film in a full Dolby Atmos cinema yet. Which is funny, because when I was watching it,
0: there were sounds coming from different spots, and I actually realised I would look over to see where it was from, right? It was was actually quite... uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, yeah, no, it was really quite impressive. (laughs) <laughs> like I said, I was quite. That's that was good.
2: I, I I can't I can't wait to hear it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's very, very, very good. So, um, when are you having your? Uh, I mean, I saw it at a, at a media screening. Is there going to be a big, um, you know, uh, red carpet type thing, or are you just? Red getting...
2: carpet is is no. It's tomorrow the twentieth. Up here on the Gold Coast.
0: Oh right. Okay. Well, good good luck.
2: <laughs> Thank you. I don't Thank think you, you, I'm you oh thanks
0: I really don't thanks
2: that's actually even even the red carpet's turned out bigger they thought with COVID we might have to just have one you know a small screen but it turns out we've got a VMAX and another screen and possibly even a third screen we've got lots of different influences and celebrities coming so it's actually turned out even the premiere turned out bigger than I thought so I guess that's a good sign that people were interested in seeing it
0: so you're going to have to dress up mate
2: yeah, yeah, I pulled pull my suit out. I don't really wear suits much, being an onset person, but uh, I I've pulled it out, ready to go. Yeah,
0: well, thanks very much for talking to me, eh?
2: That, that's OK, no worries, Anytime. Yeah, good on you.
0: That's it for the show today. I seriously recommend Occupation Rainfall, if you like sci-fi, in any shape. It is really something. It opens on January the 28th. Talk to you next week.